Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Detecting History Podcast. I'm Katie McDoyle. I hope you're all doing really, really well. Can you believe we're already at the end of October? Soon be Halloween and then bonfire night and then before you know it, it's going to be the happy holidays. It's flying by. Um, We're all out there in the fields getting our detecting on while we can before the fields change and it gets too wet and cold. Although speaking about wet, my goodness, waterlogged here. So I hope you're having better luck than I. I don't think I'm going to be able to get out this weekend. But you know what? That gives me a really good chance to have a look at my finds, clean up my finds, sort out my new finds cabinet so all is not lost. This week, I reached out on Instagram to ask you if you had any spooky stories. There's quite a few out there. Um, I'm going to let you know a bit more about Darren Booth's spooky story in a second. But if you ever want a shout out or you just want to tell us about something you've been up to or something you've been testing, something interesting you found by way of tools or apps that help your metal detecting experience, please do contact us via Instagram. So you'll find us under Detecting History Podcast, or you can send us an email at detectinghistorypodcast at gmail.com. So as the episode is going out around Halloween time, I thought we'd have a bit of fun and asked on Instagram if anybody had had some spooky experiences while out detecting. And there's been a few out there. There's been a few stories of being in fog and hearing weird noises all very atmospheric but um our friend of the show darren booth history unearthed got in contact with me and told me about an experience he had so he said i was out detecting alongside some ruins of an 18th century house last summer when i got the feeling i was being watched the closer i got to the house the more tense the feeling got so i turned around and made my way away from it you know, you know, you, sometimes you know when you're being watched, don't you? You get that weird feeling. Ooh. A few minutes later, my headphones started to crackle and all of a sudden it felt like someone blew really hard down my ear. Oh my gosh. It was enough to make me turn around and duck at the same time. Wow. <laughs> Obviously, I never saw anything or anyone behind me. I've never been back there since, but I researched the house after and it belonged to someone known as Widow Griffiths. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you got to wonder, haven't you? Especially if you've got your headphones on and then you get that creepy feeling and then it feels like someone's blown down your ear. That's spooky enough, I think. <laughs> I think that's giving me goosebumps um, and I hope I don't experience such a thing. Right, enough with the fun and frolics. Let's get over to our interview. So this week we are joined by the wonderful Samuel Bleeps. So enjoy the episode where he tells us all about a great decision he made to go down a footpath he hadn't tried before and also a chance meeting with Garfield the cat. Hmm. Enjoy. Welcome everybody to the Detecting History podcast and this week I am joined by the wonderful Sam, Samuel underscore bleeps from Instagram. How are you doing today, Sam? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm brilliant. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am just back from a sneaky few days in Ibiza. Um, So it was a bit of a shock to the system when I landed and it was almost gale force winds and (laughs) rain and everything because when we left, it was quite warm here. We had a warm spell, didn't we? We did, yeah. It's been quite warm the last couple of weeks. 
so yeah it was like 25 degrees and I was thinking okay good good let's extend the summer um and then yeah it's a bit chilly a little bit of a, a frost almost this morning here um I'm down in Hampshire whereabouts in the country are you um I'm in South Staffordshire okay so sort of Midlands way yeah, North Staffordshire originally, but living in South Staffordshire now, literally right at the bottom of uh, oh, Staffordshire. Oh, nice. High history area. That must be very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Um, and how long have you been a detectorist then, Sam? Um, I'd say about approximately seven years now. Um, yeah. Kicked off in my second year of university. Um, I think it's, I suppose it's one of those evenings where I was sat in bed at midnight scrolling through my phone on youtube and um you've got a, a choice of watching a video of 20 unexplained ocean mysteries or somebody goes into a field and digs up a gold coin i thought that sounds interesting gave it a watch and then i thought to myself hang on my dad's got um a farm um he's got about eight acres so i'll go and give it a go and it sort of just it took off from there really Oh, fantastic. That's really cool. So just by chance, those sort of choices came up and you went, oh, let's have a little look. I like it. (laughs) Brilliant. And so you obviously then delved head first and got the bug immediately. How did that sort of first investigation of your dad's land go? Well, I don't know if you can remember, but we had a horrendous storm. I think it was called Storm Doris. Yes. About seven years ago, where it just absolutely battered the entire UK. And, um, I thought to myself, should I just leave it till next weekend until the weather's any better? Um, I thought, no, I'm determined I'm going out. I think I lasted about an hour and there's the point where like, branches were coming down off trees. And I, just, <laughs> I thought, no, I better leave it. Um, the first thing I found ever was a horseshoe, which was great. Yeah. Um, but I think I was quite lucky with my second ever signal, which was a decorated medieval spindle wheel. Ooh. I didn't know what it was at the time. Yeah. Um, I didn't survive much longer after that. I think I'd, like I said, dug about four or five holes that day. Um, went in, um, went straight onto the online forums. I think it was the main metal detecting page on Facebook. Yeah. And asked what it was. And I got told this is potentially seven, 800 years old. And from then on, I was just completely hooked. There's nothing like it, is it? You just get yeah. absolutely hooked by your first actual thing, even if it's just like a an old tin soldier or something. You get researching, yeah. don't you? And you just you get hooked oh that's brilliant i love that and so um what was your what was your first detector then that you made that first find it was a c-scope uh, cs6 mx it was um it was purchased through gumtree um i saw i think it was advertised for around about the 200 pound mark yeah um it was about i was living in north staffordshire at the time right at the top literally on the staffordshire cheshire border yeah and i think i had to travel about 10 miles to pick it up um i went to um the detectorist house was very friendly talked me through the machine obviously because i've never detected at this point yeah um it's just to switch on and go you know set your discrimination and your sensitivity sort of machine no vdi display or anything um and that was the first machine i ever used and it found me so much early milled silver it was it was a it's fantastic machine yeah Um, i did sell it um to get my upgrade but um to be honest, I wish I hadn't because Aww. it's such a reliable machine. I may <laughs> may even go back to it one day for a backup machine. There you go. That, that's really helpful for the listeners as well. If anyone's thinking of starting the hobby, very good starting machine. Try and find yourself a C-scope. That's cool. Brilliant. And so now you've obviously evolved and you've treated yourself. What do you detect with now? 
Uh, I have a, a Mylob Equinox 800 now. And nice. I still use a stock coil every now and then, but um, I, I tend to use the 15-inch because predominantly most of my permissions are pasture fields, so, and a lot of them have never been ploughed, so um, the ground coverage and the depth for me is quite important. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really good. Is that a bit more weighty because of the size of the coil? How do you manage with the weight? It is, yeah. Um, I did buy it secondhand. Somebody had only used it a couple of times, and they, they said they were struggling with it. I thought, oh, I might have to get a bungee with this. But um, to be honest, I've, I've been okay, but I have bought... Um, um, there's sort of a bipod you can buy for the um, the MyLab machines. It's, it sort of goes on the back of your detector, and yeah. that's just to stop it getting dirty when you pop it down on the ground. But it actually works as quite a good counterweight as well. Oh. So it's it's balanced it out quite well. Um, nice. So I, I don't I haven't had too many problems. Maybe if I'm going a bit longer than maybe four or five hours, my arm will start to wait. But I tend to detect quite slowly anyway. I, I'm not one of these people that just goes mad left, <laughs> left to right. Running off like the Olympic walking yeah. pace. <laughs> You're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, I mean, I find even with my XPRX, if I haven't been going digging for a while, you, your muscles, you kind of lose it, don't you, on that side and like your side muscles. And then once you get going, it's fine. And it's the same when I use my larger coil. I've got the 11-inch um xp coil that i sometimes swap over to specifically for pasture as you say because it just covers more ground for you um and then yep. you do notice it for the first sort of hour or so and then you just get into the swing of things so you, yeah, you've obviously definitely. built up those muscles brilliant <laughs> um what other gear have you got then what's your your pinpointer how do you go out when you go for a dig have you got like a backpack tell us all about your stuff yeah um i use the garrett carrot um I've had it for the entirety of the time I've been detecting seven years. I mean, I was expecting it to probably pack in by now. I mean, the amount of times I've dropped it on rocks and <laughs> onto the road when I'm jumping over the fences and stuff, you know. Um, but no, it's it's served me well, uh, the Garrett Carrot. Um, yeah, it's a favourite. Yeah, I just sort of have like a, I suppose it's a bit like an army jacket, really. I just, I don't have it on a lanyard or anything, but I just literally, it just sits in a pocket quite nicely in there. Yeah. So that's how I store my pinpointer. Um, in terms of my other gear, um, I don't have a special spade or anything. It's just a wooden handle spade. It's lasted me a few years. Again, um, taking a second spade is probably something I should do more often of as well um, <laughs> because I never know when I may have, might have that um, day where I'm, I've traveled an hour or two and I'll lose a spade. But no, yeah. my spade's okay. Um, yeah, my lab Equinox 800 is what I use, um, predominantly with the Coiltech 15-inch coil. Yeah. Um, but I do tend to use the, the stock coil every now and then. Primarily when I go onto a permission I've not been on before, I won't put the big the big 15-inch coil on because, say, if the field's full of targets, well, this is what we all like, fingers crossed when you get on there, that it's going to be full of a lot of targets. Yeah. It's nice to just go on with a small coil first. And yeah. Because if, if, there's, if there's junk everywhere, I think, like a large coil's going to just it'll drive you a little bit mad yeah you can pick out the the good signals easier then can't you Definitely. and then also um i find when there's sort of fresh cut stubble i like to have the smaller coil as well because it's yeah, still a bit firm and it's just easier to get in between the rows with the smaller coils yeah what for you do you love about detecting you can hear already the the passion you've got for your gear and what you've been up to but what does it give to you what's what's the hobby mean for you I think it's just so good for well for, for my for everyone's mental health as well. You know, escaping the real world. You know, like all the noises of everyday life, the stresses, work, and everything. I think 
it's just so good to get out there and be at one with the natural world you know it's a bonus if you find anything it's just nice getting that exercise the fresh air it's yeah it's just it's just a joy to be out when you're surrounded by incredible scenery as well it's just you know even you find nothing one day but you spot like a fox or a hare or something or a pheasant yeah. jumping out of you and making you jump that's the, <laughs> that's um it makes it special in its own if like i say yeah. if you find anything it's it's a bonus it's a it's a Brucey bonus. Yeah, and um, last week's episode, Buffy, who's an NHS nurse, she was saying there is actually a chemical reason that the bits and pieces in the soil actually on humans helps us produce serotonin. So, yeah, just to add another layer to it, we already know how lovely it is to be able to go out and switch off. And, you know, where I am, sometimes I can be in the middle of a field and I can't hear anything, no road noise, nothing. And it's it's Plus. quite rare, isn't it, these days with modern tech and everything. You're just always hearing something or surrounded by some kind of alert and notifications. Yeah, <laughs> certainly. Oh, it's, it's lovely to get out. So let's talk about fines then, Sam. I've been doing my usual stalking on your socials okay. and uh, looking to see what you've found. So you know how this goes. You're a listener. So tell us tell us about some of your best finds. Um, well, I suppose my, my greatest find came in April of this year, which was a um, Ambiani Celtic gold stator. I just wasn't expecting that at all. Um, what else? Um I've had some nice hammered coins, um, pr- primarily Elizabeth I. Um, I seem to, yeah. I've got four Elizabeth I for any other hammered coin that I've found. It's just, I think, I think I'm on about 18 or 19 hammers. I think about 11 or 12 of them are probably Elizabeth I. Um, like so, wow. I know they're not in great condition, but I have found one that is one of my favorite finds. It's a threepence and it looks like it was virtually dropped yesterday. Oh, the sort brilliant! Of the, the bust, um, the shield on the reverse, the legends, everything's so clear. Um, that's yeah. got to be up there, one of my favourite finds, and probably my pilgrim's ampular as well. Um, I've, um, I was at university, and so, there was somebody on my course who told me that um, his father was a detectorist, and he um, found a pilgrim's ampular. I didn't know what it was at the time, and then I did a little bit of research on one, and. I found out what they were and I thought, oh, I'd love to find one of them. I probably never will. But, and when I uh, unearthed one, I think it was about two years ago in the Staffordshire Moorlands, I I was just absolutely shocked. It was brilliant yeah. with, the, with the shield crown on and everything. It was really, and there's a bit, there's a bit of a rattle inside it as well. And I think it's, I'm not going to let, super, well, I'm not going to let that get the better on me. I don't want to open it because there's, there's like I said, <laughs> the, the, something similar to a coin. There's a bit of a sound in there like that, but I I know because obviously they used to, well, there's rivers that they used to bury them with coins in, but I, to be honest, it's so nice. I don't want to break the seal. I just, I want to keep it as it is, um, but I won't get that fascination, get the better of me. Yeah. Keep that mystery. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I would love to find one of those. Definitely on my bucket list, just because the journey it's had, you know, where it was uh, taken from, which holy site, and then, you know, did they put it into the, you know, they used to throw it into the field, the water, empty it um, to try and help harvest, or it might be consumed due to health or, you know, all of those bits and pieces. That one object has got such a story to it. If only we could uh, access that history. And I love that there may or may not be a coin in there. That's brilliant. 
the mystery. Maybe I don't know. Could you get it X-rayed or something? I don't think you can X-ray lead. I, I think I think I, I think I have asked the question because I'm just just so intrigued to know what was inside. But I think some things are probably just better off less the secret to be honest. Yeah, we'll imagine there's yeah, something I, I, in there. Yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> damage the object. <laughs> something gold, um, and your perfect Elizabeth. That's so rare. That must have been so nice. I mean, we all love hammered coins anyway, don't we? Even if they're a bit yeah. hard and a bit illegible. But wow, that must have been fantastic. Um, and your um, gold stator. So. Yeah. Tell me, relive at the moment, what happened? Oh, right. So um, I called my friend uh, the night before and said, um, do you want to meet me on the on the field um, at a certain time the following morning? And he said, yeah, I'll be there, but I'll be there a little bit later than you are because he's, he's got a little girl. So um, I think he yeah. went through a morning routine with her first. But I sort of yeah. parked up on my permission. It's, it's a huge, it's a one and a half thousand acre permission that we've got. Um, wow, which nice. we're quite lucky to have, to be honest. Um, yeah. There, I mean, there are a couple of other detectorists on the land, but we're, we're all quite friendly with each other. And there's been clubs yeah. on there since the mid-80s as well, according to the landowner. It just wow. goes to show how much stuff's on the land, really. But, yeah. um, like I say, I got there probably about an hour and a half before him, and there was a small uh, like coppice woodlands next to the field. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to go and try my luck in there for an hour while um, I wait for my friend. Um, I dug nothing but shot, shotgun cartridges. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I thought the dreaded shotties. Yeah, awful. I mean, but um, as I exited the woods, I gave him a call and he said, "I'm just making my way down to the bottom field now." And I said, "Okay." Um, I, so I thought to myself, I could either walk along the track, switch my detector off, and walk straight down to him, or there's an old footpath here that I've never been down before, and it's quite. It's about well looking at it now and doing a bit of research, it turns out that it was an ancient trackway. Um, <sighs> and um, I did my noise cancel again. I got my machine down to the ground and I must have been walking for a couple of minutes. And then there was there's a part where the footpath sort of crosses over the road to get yeah. down to the bottom field. And there was this tree. It's only a small tree. It looks like it's probably planted only five, ten years ago. It's quite small. And I got this 18, 19 tone in front of it literally right in front of the tree, probably a footstep away. Yeah. And uh, it could have been, a, I thought it, this could be a coin. It's got a bit of depth on it. Um, I took the plug out about five, six inches. It was still in there. I thought, oh, okay, this is good. Because yeah. there's this of land that runs across two ploughed fields. And I thought, ah, oh, this has never been ploughed before. So this could be old potentially with it being on a footpath as well. And yeah. then I got down a little bit further. I took a little bit more soil out and I went over it again. And it was still in the hole. And I thought that this can't be a coin because it must be about 10 inches depth now. And then as yeah. I took the second layer of soil out, I just saw, you know, on the, on the back of, well, the front or the back of the stator, it's plain, there's nothing on it. Yeah. And just saw a circular gold disc. And <gasps> I just had, a, I just sort of froze because I don't know if I've been looking at stators the night before or something, but I, I, can't, I kind of want to say I, I knew what it was. Yeah. You know, you just know, you know, sometimes. I mean, I know we've done a lot of milk bottle lids in the past and you think, oh, it's gold and it's not, but <laughs> when there's something distinctive about a stator and yeah. I just picked it up out of the soil and as I turned it over, I just rubbed the soil away and there was the most perfect, like, I think it's a war horse, uh, like yeah. 
design and ambiani gaelic stater and yeah to be honest i'd found gold before i've had a half sovereign before and i think i was in more initial excitement when i found the half sovereign but when i found the stater i sort of just froze like has this really just happened disbelief complete disbelief it was it was a, it was a strange feeling really and then i phoned my friend and i said i, I think you, i think you better come up the footpath and, and he said have you got anything good and um <laughs> i just i showed him i opened my hand and to keep it pg-13 yeah he, he was very he was very excited <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but um, that, that was just the most unex- un- unbelievable um, experience like I say I very nearly switched my detector off and decided to walk down the the roads and I, I would have never discovered it so um yeah to, all right I'll detect my way down through this footpath you know paid off and yes yeah, brilliant still, a lot of disbelief now to be honest oh amazing that is such an amazing tale so did you do a bit of a, a whoop and a cheer a bit of a gold dance First I, had or second be, goal? I had to be reminded to do my, my gold dance the second time ah, because, I was, on, much, because <laughs> I was in that much in that much shot. This time when I had the half sovereign, I, I did a gold dance on the spot. I was on my own, but yeah. with the second one, I just like I said, I was in that much shock. I, I had to be reminded to do anything. I, I, yeah, it was most weird continuing detecting that day because the excitement was just yeah, it's no talking that. <laughs> and that and that sort of. You're right. We all know what a gold stator looks like and that horse design as well. That's the one, you know, we're all like <laughs> wanting and hoping for. But when we look in our magazines and that is what we see and to actually see it in real life for the first time, I can imagine how you were just like, what is this? A- is this actually happening? <laughs> yeah, certainly, especially when I've not found any Celtic in that area before. The odd little mm. bit of Romans come up before, um, but celtic just i think i think that was a shock just the, knowing that i've never found anything but I've, i have found a terret ring before a few years ago but that could it's a crossover from roman iron age so mm, um it yeah. was sort of tricky to but that was miles away from where i was detected when i found this data yeah yeah well done you well done you um and that moment we all have that so i do the same i've had a long day maybe and i want to return to the car and i'm like hmm should i just pack up or shall i detect back to the car every time i decide to detect back to the car because i'm yeah. like what if i walk over that one thing <laughs> what even if, if it, i do it even a little bit quicker than usual as well like i say just um yeah. Even if you're in a rush to get back, even if you have that extra five minutes, it's just worth detecting that little bit quicker. It's always worth just keeping your machine on because, like you say, yeah. if you turn your machine off, you just you don't know where you're, you're not going to find stuff. it. Yeah, exactly. You feel like the detecting gods will get angry with you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's funny as well, like deciding which way to go. Um, quite often, I'll be messaging friends or something, and they'll be like, "Oh, one of my friends said." Go go towards a magpie. <laughs> if you see a magpie, go that way. And uh, Ronan from um, Detecting North Wales, he said that one day he found, um, I think it was his Roman denarius maybe he sort of saw a dove or a pigeon and he was like oh okay i'll go in that direction and they're obviously showing me the way to go yeah <laughs> and then, hey presto finds it so we're all superstitious in some ways aren't we we have to so, make those decisions <laughs> okay so um on to your weirdest or odd finds have you found anything weird and wonderful out there sam yeah i was um i was listening to your previous episodes and i, I, I thought oh i'm gonna have to share my story if i get to go on the podcast um oh this is um, gonna be good <laughs> it's it's I still can't believe it to be honest. Um, it's it's a 
permission that we got through me and my grandfather, we, we go fishing on a, um, a small pond, um, which has got a really small one-acre field at the back. It's behind a pub. And I've had I've had quite a few little um, trade weights off there, you know, like Georgian trade weights with the yeah. numbers on. No, no silver coins, which is strange. Not a lot of mm. coins at all, but a lot of Georgian artifacts. So buckles, trade weights... Um, buttons, really nice ornate floral buttons and livery, mm. livery buttons, things like that. But no, not many coins. And this, I got this particular signal that was quite far away from where anyone would have been, even if there was benches in that field at some point for where people used to sit out in the garden when they were at the pub. But yeah. it was like I say, it was on the far end of the field. Bear in mind, this field had never been ploughed. Well, not that we know of anyway, since they've been living there since, well, the family had been living there since the 1960s. So mm. we've had, there's been no evidence of ploughing. And there's a clay layer as well. And that's not, it doesn't seem like it's being disturbed either. So yeah. I got this signal about nine inches down in the clay. And at this point, you're already getting excited. You know, you're thinking, oh, is it is it hammered coin? Is it a nice old artifact or something? Yeah. Behold, a key ring with Garfield on it. <laughs> How on earth that got there? Like I said, I've absolutely no idea. But I must admit, obviously, I was a little bit disheartened to think, oh. But at the same time, it was it was quite hilarious. Oh, it's brilliant! I love that. <laughs> you just have this smiling ginger cat looking at you. <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, how does it get down there? I mean, honestly, how did that get down there? That's bonkers. I'm always moaning yeah. about. The energy drink cans, I find, like, way down. And yeah. that might be explained by, like, a farmer and he lobs it out the window or something, although I doubt it. But, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's so weird. Yeah, it's just, it, it boggles the mind, really, when you think how on earth, you know, you can find something that's five, six hundred years old, three, four inches underground, and then all of a sudden in the clay, which nothing tends to sink in, you've got yeah. something like that. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. I like that one. That's one of my favorite weird things. <laughs> okay. So in a, in amongst all of your stuff then, and I've seen, um, you've got a nice display cabinet, haven't you? That's set it, up yeah. at home. Yeah. When did you sort out your display cabinet and any tips when you're doing display cabinets? Um, I must admit, I'm still working on it. Um, I'm just planning on getting some certain lighting for it now. Um, yeah. Um, in terms of organization, um, I don't know. I, I maybe separate into certain eras, or maybe a favourite finds at the top, and coins on the second one, and then maybe little bits at the bottom. Um, I don't know. I, I tend to keep most of my finds. Obviously, like the the shotgun cartridges won't stay in the junk, but um, anything that I class as particularly interesting, you know, like Georgian buckles or anything earlier than that, or small mm. old artifacts, or coins i tend to grid reference them i keep them private obviously um yeah because i think there's nothing worse than going back to a field three four years later and not knowing where you found something i, I like to know to the point yeah. much where i found something i don't yeah. know if that's just me with ocd but i, I like to just know where everything <laughs> is sort of thing but um no you're no. right and you, you establish patterns that way as well don't you and you yeah, might say certainly. okay i have coins in this line so that potentially was an old path or something yeah, I think it, I think it's just good to keep as a record, like as well, because I mean, yeah, I think I did a video recently on Instagram where I said when you get when you ask people um, when they've got a certain good find and you say, oh, "Where did you find that?" and they say, "Oh, I don't know, I found it about five six years ago," 
I'd drive me mad. I'd just, I'd have to know where it was found, even if it was not to an exact grid reference, but to the field, it would be good to mm. know. But in terms of organisation, um, I just keep in the cabinet um, a little ticket with a number that sort of links to a grid reference. So it's just a way of keeping it, uh, keeping track yeah. that way. So you know where it is. And then I've just photographed the finds along with the grid reference. And I've just kept it in a, in a book, keep private, like just in case I need a backup nice. or anything gets yeah. lost that way. Mm. No, I think that's I think that's smart. I mean, you could come across like some amazing hoard in a field or whatever, and it would be helpful for the archaeologists as well if you could say, "Oh yeah, I actually also found you know something over there, a fibula over there, and that over there." And it just gives you the story of that field, doesn't it? Depending yeah, on definitely. what you've been finding. Yeah. So I used to originally use what three words because you can save locations on that and pictures as well, and you can sort of label things. So I was giving a label of the field name or the name I give that field. Um, but more recently, there's a couple of apps, and we've spoken about them before, but there's um, TectoTrack um, out there. But more recently, I've been using the new XP app called Go Terrain, and that's excellent, and um, that you can auto-sync with your coil. Yeah, I saw you post that on, on your Instagram page. Yeah. I thought that I may give that a go. You know, you say you can link up to Obviously, I don't use an XP machine. My grandfather's got an XP Aux, the same as you. I've got one right uh, next to me here. Cool, cool. Maybe that's something you could use and maybe link up to a yeah. detector. Yeah, so any, any, any detectorist, or even if you were just a walker or something, or a mudlarker, whatever, anybody can use it. It's a bit like you open it up, and it's a bit like Google Maps, and then as you're walking along, as you find something you can then mark it take a picture of it um, it's got a section for your signals but um, immediately when you start it will track you all through your field and I just find that fascinating you, you you've seen my posts you've seen where I was following a footpath so the first time I used it following a footpath I thought yes I am in a dead straight line turn around dead straight line make sure I'm covering everything when you look at it my line's all wobbly <laughs> so I already know I've missed loads along there and I need to keep going along there more and more but then on the field as a whole I've put in eight kilometers in that field and I've barely touched it. So that's exciting because yeah, I know I've got is, a lot yeah, more work definitely. to do. Yeah. Like you say, you think, you think you've been over a field and obviously when you refer back to it and you think, oh my goodness, there's that much I haven't actually been on. Yeah. It really spurs you on as well, doesn't it? I think I've oh, got all does. this land still to cover. And... Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, there's um, a field that I've got called Button Moon just because I find a lot of buttons in there. Um, but again, looking over even just previously, because um, anything remotely good or interesting, I do, or I did in what three works, mark it down. And again, um, I've barely covered that. So yeah, so exciting. <laughs> um, okay, so when you think about all your finds or just as a, a history buff, which you must be by now because you've been detecting for a while, I sort of learn as I go. <laughs> Not a natural historian, but as and when I find things, um, I'll learn the history about it. And this podcast is also helping me. But what's your favourite history era, do you think? Um, I would probably say the Stuart era. I have a fascination with um, James the First's reign. Um, yeah. Just the fashion and everything, and um, everyone's absolute paranoia with the superstitious world and everything. I'd, I I love his hammered coins as well. The first ever hammered I ever found was a Irish James the First sixpence. Ooh. And um, me uh, probably being too um, nice at the time, found this coin, went straight to the farmer and said, um, I found this. And um, I don't even think he wanted it, uh, to be uh. honest. He was just amazed that I found it. And I said, 
I said, you're welcome to keep it if you want. And he said, yeah, I'd love that. My wife collects coins. Ah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> my first ever hammock coin, um, I haven't got any more. But um, yeah. no, it, it did open some more doors for me. And it, yeah. it did allow me to get another field. Um, but yeah. no, James the first, I just, obviously, just the, his bust on some of his coins and how the drapery looks and the legends. I just, I, I find it a fascinating era, I really do. And... Um, outside of metal detecting, I also collect Stuart era coins. So um, I do like the half groats of James I's um, coinage as well. I've got um, a few of those in my collection, which, oh, which brilliant. I'm uh, very happy to have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So have you got in your finds cabinet then, have you got a sort of a shelf just with that era on? or have you? Um, I've got a mahogany box. Um, I store oh, that lovely. separately away from yeah. my um, my detecting finds. Um, yeah. It's actually currently at my uh, my grandfather's house. Nice. I, I, keep it, I keep it there just for storage purposes at the minute. Um, yeah. It's quite it's quite secure. It's alarmed yeah. everything. So. Oh wow, nice. It's it's great that you've got your own sort of like you say you collect from an era as well as what you collect part of your detecting. So it's twofold for you. I sort of have a strange um, way about collecting. So um, I will only collect um, a certain type of coin that I found in the ground. Mm. So um, I sort of learn more about the monarch that way and the um, the denomination of coins. So um, I, I don't know. I would I wouldn't go out and buy a coin of something that other monarchs, for example, that I haven't found before because I want to go and find it first. Nice. And then I'll, what I'll try and do is I'll if I can afford, um, I'll save up for a coin of that era and then yeah, um, buy an improved an example an improved example on what I found. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, it's even better then so when you find something you've not found before not only have you just found that that you haven't found before but then it opens up this whole new world for you and you yeah, start definitely, collecting yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant i really like that and so your your does that link in then with your favorite monarch or emperor are we speaking of the same person here or is there potentially someone else as well i have probably three favorite emperors uh james the first definitely being one of them yeah um Henry the Fifth is a lot of mine, only until mm. recently. Have you watched The King on Netflix? Uh, no. It's it's an, it it's an amazing watch. Yeah, oh. it's a great film. That that just made me. Um, that just really spurred me on to try and find something Henry the Fifth. I know they're hard to find, but um, no, I, th- I think he was obviously winning the Battle of Agincourt. Everything. I think that was. Yeah. I, I think it was a great king. I think he has to be one of my favourites and. Probably Henry the Second. I like Henry the Second as well. Be the first Plantagenet king of England as yep. well, um, and I think his coins are quite rare to find as well. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. that's um, that's another one that I would like to find definitely. Yeah, and the styles on those coins, like Henry the Second, they're they're quite difficult, aren't they, to differentiate between the different Henrys? Um, so. I've yeah. got, I recently got a magnifying glass and there's so many good guides out there and there's subtleties in sort of the shape of the crown and how you can identify them that way if, if the detail isn't too great. Um, so what was that film called? The King on Netflix? The King, that's it, yeah. For the Henry V, you said. Excellent. There you go, everybody. Top tip. Something to watch at the weekend if it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, cool. So um, you mentioned you had some land that your dad had and you've got a nice big permission as well. How do you go about trying to secure permissions yourself? Um, I'm quite lucky in that aspect because um, obviously my, my dad has a farm and he knows farmers. So mm. that's how I've sort of got 
the doors open in that area. He's based in Cheshire, so there's there's some there's some good land around there, primarily arable fields. Um, so in Cheshire, that's where I've got most of my land. Um, again, I'm I'm so thankful for people because. I haven't had to do a lot to get a lot of permissions. I know some people may be thinking, oh, you're so lucky, but my grandfather actually works in engineering as well. Um, so yeah. he um, he calls at a lot of farms and knows a lot of farmers and has got quite a good rapport oh, with a lot of them. So yeah. um, I've got um, a few permissions through that. In terms of getting some of my own permissions, um, what I've probably found most success from is... Obviously, I know nobody likes door knocking, but if you are going to go and knock a farmer's door, I would say just be yourself mm. um, and do it that way. The worst thing that can happen is they can say no, literally. Yeah. Um, but what I have found is a, a good way of getting permissions as well is, well, it was the, the one where I found the Gulf State, how I acquired that land was I actually wrote the farmer a handwritten letter. I, th- yeah. I think farmers like receiving handwritten letters. But I think if you send an email... I think like farmers can be so busy and everything and it, it just sort of gets disregarded and forgotten about. But I think if you take the time to write a letter, I think they're probably, I think, I think they like, I think we like to say we all like receiving letters. Yeah. Um, but when someone's handwritten one, I think it just makes it all that more personal and yeah. they're more likely to respond to you that way and think it's quite genuine. So Yeah, more effort on, on our end. And you're right, if I receive a, a handwritten envelope, through the post box, I'm immediately ripping that open. <laughs> yeah. I think it doesn't just get Paddy the text that mentioned it on a previous podcast, but That's yeah, right. like I say, I think they just like receiving. It just feels more personal. The personal touch, yeah, and, and sort of sharing a little bit about yourself and what you might have found previously and all that kind of stuff. Get them thinking, yes. Yeah. And then it is always good to um, to show them and share finds. And uh, my my farmer here, he loves it. He comes and. Uh, has a cup of tea and we go through the finds and then each Christmas I, I give him a gift as a thank you because I'm genuinely so grateful and I always yeah. say to him how grateful I am because yeah, you know absolutely. doesn't have to doesn't have to and uh, yeah it's good we're very lucky we're very lucky so good top tips there um have you got any other top tips for budding detectress or detectress of old out there a field's never done <laughs> yeah just um tweak your settings um Go over it at different angles, different times of the year, different weathers, different machines. Just approach a field differently each. If you, mm-hmm. when you th- when you're having a dry spell, or if you if you're limited to what land you can go on due to times of the year with crop and everything, if you can only go onto a certain field and you don't think you're going to find a lot, just try tweaking your sensitivity or try changing your discriminancy down a little bit. Try a different coil if you can, or the speed in which you detect anything really, or just dig everything, anything that you wouldn't usually dig. Yeah. I mean, I sort of, a VDI screen is great for me, but at the same time, I think we can be focused on that too much and not actually focusing on what the signal sounds like. So personally, mm. I dig anything that's a positive number if it's, if it's, if it's clear always, if there's an iron grunt, then probably not so much, but if something's, if something's ringing at two or three and it's completely solid, it's coming out of the ground. And mm. with the old saying, if in doubt, dig it out, to be honest. So, yeah. yeah. Just um, if there's any absolute doubt in your mind, just just dig it up. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great advice there. I've been doing that recently. And uh, 
you sometimes fool yourself into thinking you know what something is when you found a lot of it. So, for instance, I would maybe think uh, 68 is a shotgun cartridge or something like that for yeah. me in some of my fields. And, yeah, some days you will find lots of shotgun ca- cartridges at, at 68. But, yeah, I dug up something that was like 34, and I'd usually never dig that low on the VDI yeah. for me because um, ORX obviously goes up to 100. Um and I dug it up and then when I got it out, it was a coin and then I scanned it again and it was 88. So it just shows you, doesn't it, that yeah. you can't go on the numbers. I will just add that um, I went on a friend's permission uh, just before lockdown and we had um, a field that was completely littered with moo tubes and they all rang in on the Equinox at 14. And now we all know what 14s can be on the Equinox. And lo and behold, we did eventually end up digging Elizabeth the first. It was a battered threepence. Yeah. But we had to get through all of those um, yeah. cow tubes because they virtually sound exactly the same. And it was so, so disheartening and so back-breaking all day digging. We must have dug probably 100 each. And wow. then eventually we did get one. We knew it was there was an old manor site, so we knew there was going to be something there, but it was just all mixed in with this um, relatively modernish trash that we had to get through. But yeah, it yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> you're paying your dues, aren't you? You're cleaning up the earth, the ground, you're recycling, um, and you're cleaning up, so then you're only going to hear the good signals. So it's always worth persevering. Oh, certainly. You have to think that when you're having a bad day, certainly. If you're just digging junk, you have to think, at least at least I'm cleaning the ground up, you know. <laughs> I'm doing yeah. my bit to help out. <laughs> Ever the optimist, glass half full and all that jazz. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Um, have you ever had any issues when you've been out detecting? Um, only one, I've noticed. Uh, me and my friend, this is, game, this is game back now, this C-scope days, but uh, we got a permission... Um, in Cheshire on these really open fields and they were next to a main road and we thought oh brilliant uh, went to the farmer and he said uh, my fields are literally just the two that run along the main road and mm. um, we went on and I thought good grief this this is a bit good to be true that I've never seen turf like it it's like it's like a football pitch this this mm. is this, this is unbelievable I feel yeah. sort of guilty digging it up yeah and um we must have been there for about 15 minutes. Um, another farmer came on a tractor and said um, either he was a tenant or he, he was um, the actual farmer, rent him a land. I think the guy's door may not may have been the tenant farmer. It wasn't actually the landowner. And he was ah. actually using that field for turf. Oh. <laughs> but to be honest, I, I thought as soon as I saw him, he, he sort of had a bit of a face of thunder. I thought, oh no. We sort yeah. of laughed it off though, and we, we 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 had a laugh and a bit of just discussion about detecting in the end. But yeah. I thought that was probably one of the only times I was going to be in trouble. But no, I was all right. <laughs> <laughs> he showed me some other fields that we could have gone on anyway, which is okay. It was just there was two in particular that they were yeah maybe for turfs. <laughs> <laughs> doing it for turf so it was literally a lovely carpet <laughs> oh gosh so funny okay cool um what other hobbies sam have you got i mean you've spoken about your coin collecting outside of detecting anything else you get up to um like there's still a lot of national trust and historic houses um english heritage locations like that. me and my fiance uh, we go to these places quite regularly yeah, uh, take the dogs to the, the these places, which is nice. Yeah, um, uh, I like walking. Um, spend a lot of time reading as well. Reading's one of my favourite things. All things historical. 
Um, <laughs> I'll go to the footy every now and then with my dad as well, which is good. Um, oh yeah. I do enjoy getting to the football. So. Do you wanna do you wanna dare tell everyone who your team is? Oh, Port Vale. <laughs> Port Vale, yay! <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. good. Don't be ashamed of your team. I'm a long-suffering Spurs fan. <laughs> oh, I want, to be honest, I wanted to draw Spurs in the cup. I want to go down to that new stadium. It looks, it looks amazing. Oh, it is amazing. Actually, I think the first game I ever saw was at the old stadium, and it was like a League Cup tie, and that was against Port Vale. How yeah, weird. I think I was there. I think we were 1-1 in normal time, and then I think you went to extra time and put two goals past us. That's it, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> we're in the same same place at the same time, Sam. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Right, let's move on to then the, the bucket lister section. So tell us, Sam, what is on your own personal bucket list? What are you yet to find that you really want to find? Well, for five, six years before the other weekend, it was a crotal belt, but I did actually manage to find one, which was good. So I had to update my uh, bucket list. So for me, now it's got to be a matrix seal, a a medieval matrix seal. That that would be that would be next on my bucket list. That would be unbelievable if I could get one of those at some point. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, and then you've got the whole fun of uh, researching, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> Trying to work out whose it was. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what would you say then would you want to place on the ultimate bucket list list for our listeners? A gold matrix seal. <laughs> <laughs> A medieval gold matrix seal. That would be... That, that would oh, be yeah. my God. Imagine you wouldn't be able to speak for a week if you found one of those, Sam. You'd be no. like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Excellent. Good. I will enjoy researching that as part of the extras episode as well. Seeking out one that's already been found before and retelling that tale. So that is firmly placed on the ultimate bucket list of list. Thank you, Sam. Um, right. Is there anything else you would like to uh, tell us about? Have you got any other detectorists that you would like to hear on the podcast? Who do you recommend I try and get on? Um, I'll give a shout out to three. Um, Jake Detects on Instagram. Um, I, th- I believe he's got a YouTube channel as well. Um, he's got some unbelievable finds. Yeah. Um, like a really nice guy as well. Um, Gareth Millwood, uh, Dukes of Derbyshire. Um, I've been following him for quite a few years. Um, again, YouTube channel. Uh, fantastic yeah. professional videos um and the girls at roman found as well yes yes i've recently been following yeah. them and they've been doing really really well so they're three absolute stunning recommendations and um, we do have one question from the from the listeners and that's what's your music or listener of choice as you're on your way to your permissions anything heavy <laughs> oh okay yeah, I'm a, a bit of a metal head to be honest um Metallica, anything yeah. like that. Probably more known bands. I listen to quite a load of niche bands, like local bands and stuff. But um, big bands, yeah. Metallica, Deftones, bit of Slipknot, anything like that, really. Yeah, it really gets you in the mood, wakes yeah, you up def- and, and gets you going. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. There you go, everybody. That is Sam's recommendation for a listen on the way to the dig. And then, of course, listen to the podcast on the way home. Of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> 
Brilliant. Well, Sam, thank you so much. It's been really lovely getting to know you more. Good luck on your quest and finding your seal matrix on your own personal bucket list. <laughs> I'm sure we'll hear about it soon. And uh, I wish you the best of luck. And I'll speak no, to you soon. You. Thank you, Katie. It's been great to talk to you. Oh, lovely, Sam. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. There you go, everybody. The wonderful Samuel Bleeps. You can find Sam on Instagram, Samuel underscore Bleeps, so you can follow his detecting journey. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're enjoying the show, please give it a follow on your podcast player. Please share. Please tell your friends about it. I'd love to get the word out there so we can get the listener numbers up and we can keep the podcast going. And I really appreciate all you folks out there that have done that already i really 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 appreciate it so thank you very much look forward to being in your ears again this coming wednesday for another midweek extras have a great weekend hope you find lots of awesome stuff take care bye mm -hmm.